Hi, this is Cash Levy, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Keep listening. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Emily Winter, co-founder of the What A Joke Comedy Festival. Terrifying, right? Like, this man is a crazy person. When you look at his tweets, you're like, this looks like a like 12-year-old boy. Now, the What a Joe Comedy Festival is a uh, kind of a comedy festival that's going to be taking place simultaneously in 30 cities uh, at the weekend, as our British friends say. It'll be taking place in at least 30 cities in the United States, as well as Oxford, England. And what it is, it's a bunch of comedians getting together uh, to support the ACLU. All benefits from the show are going to go to the American Civil Liberties Union, and it is uh, being done uh, purposely on inauguration weekend of one Donald J. Trump. And uh, because, uh, well, Emily will explain it all, but it has to do with the fact that, uh, well, we're a little worried about our civil liberties here uh, in America. So uh, to that end, they're going to have this comedy festival. And uh, if you look at your city. I'm sure your city is going to have, if you're in a big city, you're going to have uh, one of these What a Joke festivals, too. If you're listening to this any other way, then through Podbean, please go to pfradio.podbean.com. We will link to the What a Joke site, and you can see if your city is listed. Okay, Song of the Week is going to be from Sia. And uh, I had every intention of doing a dumb bit this week. I wanted to do one about the uh, Chargers moving from San Diego to Los Angeles. Give ourselves a break from the political stuff. But I just ran out of time. I'll try to do that for this next week's episode uh, so we can kind of take a break from the politics. But in the meantime, uh, let's go deep. I, uh, we're doing this thing about the Donald Trump-inspired comedy festival, so I thought I'd dig up one of my favorite uh, Donald Trump bits from earlier in the year. This is from back in February. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. So here's a a, a dumb bit from the archives, and then we'll go to our interview with Emily Winter. Everyone's wringing their hands about the media fascination with Donald Trump, and uh, we're going to be part of the problem right now, even though we're not really the media per se. Uh, We're going to talk about Donald Trump. So Donald Trump was on with Anderson Cooper about a week and a half ago by the time you're hearing this. And he's talking about uh, negotiation. He can make deals. He can. This is his big thing. Even though he's a crazy racist bigot, he can make deals. He'll deal with the uh, the opposition and, and make good deals. And uh, he starts talking about the Iran nuclear deal. And uh, I want, he's a little misinformed, one. And then listen how he, he's a great negotiator when he can make up the entire situation. Now, when he starts off okay. I don't disagree with, with uh, what, what he says at the beginning because uh, in the negotiations... Uh, you know, he's well. Here's, here's what he says to start off. I would have never started negotiating that deal unless they let our prisoners go first. And I actually think that's a valid point because, uh, and I, the White House would probably say, well, you know, there, there's other countries involved in the negotiations. There's there's a window closing at this time. But I think that's a pretty good point to make. I don't disagree with Trump on that. And then it all falls apart. I would have gone in. I would have said, fellas, got to let our prisoners go. They would have said, no, I would have walked. I would have doubled up the sanctions. Within 24 hours, they would have let the prisoners go. Okay, you do realize, Mr. Trump, we're not the only country imposing sanctions. It's a group effort, one. Although it would be nice if our allies went along and said, you know, let the Westerners go. But uh, secondly, somebody probably thought of that. Uh, Go on. Then I would have gone in. Now I would have gone a second bite. I would have said, listen. We're a busted country. We have no money. We owe $19 trillion because I want to take the lump. My father always said, take the lumps out. 
He used to say, son, take the lumps out. Okay? Take, what does that mean? Now, that means now, here's where I think Trump is laboring under a misapprehension. This $150 billion number gets thrown around a lot that he's going to talk about in a second. And what uh, the conservatives seem to imply is that we gave Iran $150 billion as part of this deal. Uh, that is not the case. Here's Under Secretary of State Wendy Sherman, who was Under Secretary of State uh, through October of last year, explaining what that $150 billion actually is. So let me break that down for everybody. Iran has assets that are frozen in banks around the world, not in any U.S. banks, uh, but in banks in Japan, in the United Arab Emirates, in India, and a variety of other places, South Korea. Those are assets that were frozen because of the sanctions that have been in place. So it's Iran's money that have been frozen in those accounts. So it's money they have in Western banks, not even U.S. banks, actually, but other Western countries' banks that have been frozen because they refuse to comply with the uh, nuclear deal that the uh, West is trying to put together. Okay, so anyway, here's Trump uh, going on with this $150 billion thing. Because normally I go and say, we're not giving you the $150 billion. So instead I'd say, fellas, we owe $19 trillion. We're a country that has no money. Oh, yeah, and Iran will buy that. <laughs> the United States of America, the largest economy on the planet. We don't have any money. Oh, sure. They'll say, okay, sure. Okay, Mr. Trump, we believe that. And also, again, the $150 billion. We're not giving them $150 billion. We'd not only, we don't have the $150 billion. He's right about that because it's not in any of our banks. It's in the banks of other countries, and it is, in fact, Iran's money that we are blocking them from using until they sign the nuclear deal that we want them to sign. But he goes right on with this. We can't give you the 150. They'll say, but we want it. I say, we can't give it. We don't have it. We don't have it. That's called taking the lumps out as opposed to, okay. They will go crazy. It'll break up. Two days later, they'll call back. Let's make a deal. We keep the $150 billion. Emily Winter is a stand-up comedian from New York City, and she, along with fellow comedian Jen Welch, have founded the What a Joe Comedy Festival. It's a comedy festival that'll be taking place uh, kind of simultaneously in 30 cities in the U.S. as well as Oxford, England, during inauguration weekend. Here now is our interview with Emily Winter. And so joining us on PFT Reporter, it's Emily Winter, comedian from New York City, one of the co-organizers of the What a Joke, uh, I guess, how would you describe this? Uh, it's not really a comedy festival per se, it's a comedy, a simultaneous comedy <laughs> We're show. We're calling it a, nation, uh, a, a national comedy festival, um, but it is a benefit. Yeah, you know what, I've been calling it a lot of different things, but it, it is a festival, it is a benefit, um, and it is happening all over the country and in Oxford, England. <laughs> Okay, and can you explain briefly uh, for the listeners and for eventually, of course, the readers uh, what what this is going to entail? How this what this is all about? Yeah. So um, uh, on election night, um, I was very sad, like many people, and um, just really wanted to do something. Um, and I started talking to Jen, and we reached out to people in other cities to see if we could do a, maybe a multi-city benefit. Um, and what resulted was this 30, we're adding another city today, so a 34-city benefit for the American Civil Liberties Union. Um, so proceeds from the shows and from the ticket sales are going to the ACLU, um, and that's 
across the board every show. Um, so we're really excited, and we hope to raise a lot of money for them. Terrific. Yeah, and, and the uh, like you said, cities are getting added constantly uh, because the press release I have doesn't even have Cincinnati on it, where we are. Uh, although I know uh, some of the local comedians reached out to me first to tell me about this, which is how we got connected uh, with you, actually. So. Um, oh yeah, great. Yeah, and you yeah, know, um, Cincinnati came on later. Um, we started. Oh, go ahead. You want to ask a question? Oh no, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you, you're okay. you started. We started just by reaching out to comedians who we knew in other cities, um, and um, fortunately, uh, you know, comedians have a great network because we travel we do festivals we go on the road um so we meet people from other places so we started talking to some of the people that we knew in other cities that we really liked and trusted to run a great show and then they would put us in contact with um producers that they knew so that's kind of how it grew and then once we um once we put out the press release about it uh, then we had a bunch more people come to us, and it's really Facebook has been such a great tool because we can see what friends we have in common and see what kind of networks we have in common, and um, so that's how we ended up adding other great cities like Cincinnati because you know we can see that we're in the same comedy network, and um, you know they're not going to take the money and I don't know run run away with it, and yeah. uh, you know these are people that we can trust. And uh, for folks listening to the podcast, if you're listening to this any other way than uh, through Podbean, which is our host site, uh, go mm-hmm. to pfradio.podbean.com. We will link to the What a Joke site, and that should tell you all of the cities, because by the time this drops, uh, maybe even a couple more cities might be added, so and then you can see what's happening in yeah, your town. Yeah, I feel like we haven't, talked about, we haven't talked about putting a cap on it at some point, but I think that has to happen soon. I mean, we're, the only one we're waiting on is Orlando. Um, okay. And we're just working out some details because there's a comedy festival happening in Orlando that weekend. So oh, okay. We're talking to the, festival, the guys who are running that fest to um, add um, some shows that uh, 50% of ticket sales will go to the ACLU um, on Friday. But aside from that, I feel like we're kind of done at this point because there's so much onboarding and so many emails the producers would have missed at this point, And I feel kind of like, all right, 34 cities, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, looking at the Cincinnati lineup, uh, I presume this is you know even though it's it's a, a benefit inspired by uh, the inauguration day that is coming, uh, and not not necessarily going to be I would imagine all you know wall to wall Trump political comedy because a lot of the folks on the the list here in Cincinnati that I've seen don't necessarily do. Uh, political comedy. Maybe they'll do some. There's some guys on the list that do do a lot of political comedy. So uh, I'm going to imagine yeah, it's going to be a little. There's going to be some variety. Yeah, we are not. Um, we're not pushing any comedian to do any political material. Um, certainly, it's available to them. And I think on inauguration weekend, it will certainly be uh, very topical. Yes. Um, but we, you know. The money that people are paying for tickets goes to the ACLU. Having this festival is a political act, so we don't need to have every comedian talk about politics. You know, they can talk about whatever they want to or whatever they feel good, you know, doing a set about. Um, and we hope that that will result in a very diverse show. Uh, I will ask you now some of the uh, boilerplate questions that a lot of comedians get, but it's only because we don't know you here in Cincinnati. Uh, how long have you been doing comedy? Um, so I've been writing um, 
professionally for about 10 years, and then I've been doing stand-up comedy for five. Okay. So what kind of writing do you do? Um, right now I, I work at TV Land. Um, oh, nice. And I do TV writing. Yeah, oh. I write at TV Land right now. Um, before that, I used to write for a show on the Fusion Network. Oh, my gosh. Um, and uh, I lived in Miami for that job. <laughs> okay, um, we're... Uh... So, yeah, so that's my... So what what shows do you write? What kind of writing do you do for TV Land? What is it for a particular show? So or? TV Land is not like a show. It's not like when I was at Fusion writing for one specific show. Um, it's pretty boring to hear about. But um, right now I do like there's a there's a new TV show or it's been a second season called Teachers, and so I write like okay. little sketches and stuff that um, get played on air and online. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it'll like write stuff for the teachers to do, but then I'll get taken off teachers and put on a different show. Okay. Um, yeah. We're, we're huge fans of Younger, so we've been... Uh... Oh, I love that show, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. And, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Darren Star than I realized, although, um, you know, being a dude, that's kind of unusual, although... Um... Yeah, no, I've... That's great to hear. Yeah. Although uh, a friend of the show, Greg Barrent, was a consultant on Sex in the City, and they brought him on board for the specific reason that they needed a dude in in the stable to kind of like, you know, give a, the thing some balance and, uh, you know, run stuff by him as, as he told the yeah. story. So and, not uh, just fantasies Yeah, exactly. Minutes. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe there's some misperceptions going on. Uh, he has a rather vulgar quote that I won't repeat uh, about how he got the job <laughs> or why they hired him to, to be the consultant. But um, uh, in any case, uh, I, I think oh, there's... Oh, now I'm so curious. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... it's uh, see, I'm... Boy, it's, it's weird. too vulgar for radio. Yeah, it's... Well, I, it, I don't care about radio. I don't want to offend you. But... Um, Oh, no, no, me? Come on. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll bleep this out in, in post, but uh, as he's, I think he told us on Jimmy Pardo's podcast, he said they needed someone mm -hmm. that uh, that remembered what it was like to eat pussy and not just college lesbians. And uh, <laughs> and he was saying as a joke, because we all know Greg is very forward-thinking, that was just part of the... But, uh, yeah, that's yeah, how he got the yeah. gig. Oh. And, uh, awesome. yeah, and I think Darren Sarr's best show, though, I'd recommend to listeners and to you is, uh, Dig Up, uh, Gross Point, uh, Gross Point was the name of the show. Only lasted a season on the CW. It was a, about a nighttime soap opera. So it was a show about a show. Uh, really uh -huh. good. Really good stuff. So, anyway, huh. but we, but we Wait, digress. Was Darren Starr? Yeah, he was, it was a Darren Starr show, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow, all right. Yeah, so, I'm a big fan. So look, yeah, look at we, how we've digressed. Back, back to Trump. Um, so, I mean, so what did, on, when you're on stage, do you talk a lot about politics, or is it current events, or is it observational stuff? Um, how, how do you um, approach this? No, I think um, the, uh, for me, I've never gotten to, uh, I guess as much, I do some characters that are more political. Um, I have a character that's a feminist bro. Oh, neat. Um, but I, when I do stand-up, I don't, I haven't really talked about politics too much um, until, you know, now. And I think that um, my sets will probably be covered with some political humor. But the the great thing about stand-up is that um, it's, it's a very vulnerable thing. And my favorite stand-up is when a person opens themselves up to you. Um, and so I think that there are better places to just do, like, straight, political jokes that don't have that vulnerability, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's important. I mean, I talk about myself and my life and um, not like stream of consciousness, but uh, and 
that's that's the best comedy to me because there's better ways to get across just straight political jokes, but there is no better way to be a single person vulnerable on stage. You know, there's yeah. just, like that's the best medium for that. Yeah. So what what do you think of the the, the next at least four years? Likely likely eight, unfortunately. Uh, do you think in terms? Oh, I'm so scared. Well, you think eight? Oh my gosh. Well, I didn't uh, even think we'd be here, so I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> um, uh, what I think I'm, I'm scared. You know, I mean, unfortunately, like I would love to give the ACLU tons of money to dismantle the whole system, but I don't think huh. that that's going to happen. And I'm, you know, I'm, I just, ugh, it's terrifying right like this man is a crazy person when you look at his tweets you're like this looks like uh like well 12 year old boy like this is crazy yeah this well here's something's even scary because people keep saying all over oh we've you got to stop trump and they're trying to find ways that they can disqualify him for the presidency well here's the scary thing he he's crazy like a fox he's got this all figured out there's a reason he chose pence because if you get rid of trump well then you've got pence and the thing with Pence is, right. not only is this guy out of his he fucking is a mind, he knows yeah. what he's doing. He's, you know, I mean, yeah. Trump doesn't know what he's doing, and he's and he's crazy. But Pence knows what he's doing. That's even worse. That's like having Scott Walker right. or one of these other maniacs in there. And if it's not him, then he's got the Speaker of the House, Mitch McConnell. Oh, good. Exactly. It's it's like his bench is so deep with yes, with um, nuts, <laughs> crazy maniacs. That yeah. There's no way. I mean, yep. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> oh, God, it's terrifying. Pence it, is terrifying. Um, yeah. The, my only hope is that, like, with Trump, is that something major will happen and he'll be, like, playing golf and just be like, I'm not I'm not going to, you know, bomb a country because I, I want to drink a lemonade in the sunshine. Like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, yeah, exactly. is our only, right, right, is, like, the only thing that can help. Maybe, maybe you catch him, and I was telling this to our, our guest last week, who actually is now going to be our guest next week, so I'm going to flip-flop the interviews because this will make more sense to run uh, yours this week. But anyway, uh, I was oh, spoiler you. alert, I was telling people that... Um, you know, the, our only hope is you catch Trump on a day where, like, maybe he doesn't feel like, you know, giving Social Security to Wall Street, you know, for some reason. Maybe he's mad at somebody yeah. over there. Isn't sign. But that's our only hope is that you just catch him one of those days yeah. where he thinks, well, maybe this isn't such a hot idea. But no, other than that, this. Yeah. We, and I don't or know. He just gets in, like, a Twitter war with a celebrity and he's just. Right, he'll distract him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, and, uh,. I don't know, hopefully it'll wake people up, you know, in the next four years and people will be like, Yeah, gee, I miss social security and Medicare and all these other things that they're gonna they're yeah. gonna they're gonna go away. I've never been so directly affected by uh, an incoming administration. I well, mean yeah. this, on the issue of like birth control and stuff like that, I mean it's it's really it's really affecting my choices. It's affecting so many women. I think like, you know, IUDs are becoming more popular anyway but i so many women i know have been like i gotta get my iud and i gotta get it before inauguration and that's crazy it's like when people bought guns before obama took office although (laughs) the key difference (laughs) the key difference is obama didn't take away anybody's and the guy's got a week left he better fucking get on the stick if he's gonna take people's guns away one and two uh, Obama had no intention of taking away everybody's gun. These maniacs really want to take away your birth control because they've said it. They've actually yeah. said it. And uh, look, I'm an yeah. old, I'm an old white guy. I'm going to be fine. But yeah, I'm worried for I'm worried for all y'all. Uh, you know, all my yeah, friends, minorities, well, and you know, yeah, everyone that's not an old white guy. 
which oddly, right, right, oddly is the minority of us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's weird. Yeah. That's probably the most shocking thing of all is that, you know, we're, a, we're definitely going to be a minority next time around for sure. And yet, look what happened. How? How? <laughs> I, 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 you know what, the day after the election, um, I posted something on Facebook and uh, a woman in Wisconsin who I didn't know who voted for Trump and I started talking and it was like not, we weren't yelling at each other and we weren't saying horrible things to each other. So I kept engaging, even though it's like first rule of Facebook is like, don't engage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but like, she was like, I'm not a racist and I'm not all these horrible things. And. And it's like, well, but, you know, you might not consider yourself a racist. I think that not that many people probably do, but, like, yeah. upholding, you know, voting for somebody who is a racist is a racist act. So, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's so surprising because I just think that people, I don't know, it's like they're doing something that they wouldn't, that they don't want to call themselves a racist or, or, you know, a misogynist, but then they put somebody like that in office, but they're like, no, I'm just trying to save my job. I'm just trying to save the jobs in my community. Yeah. So, you know, so all of that doesn't count suddenly. It's, yeah. And I think it's a matter of... She was also... Go on. Go ahead. I was saying, no, go ahead. She was also a matter of... She was what? Oh, well, she also said something that I've seen so much of since the election. Um, And I know that the... Liberals have a reputation for being, you know, these snotty people who think that everyone who voted for Trump is dumb. But honestly, it's been really, really hard to talk to people who are like, well, you know, Obama didn't have any uh, ex- political experience before he became president. <laughs> oh, really? Like, I'm like, what are you doing? You're just making up information. Like, those years in the Senate didn't exist? Like, that's crazy. Um, oh and and then I we, we made these red hats for what a joke. Yeah. Um, that was our logo, and people wanted the hats, so we made the hats. And then this guy is, like, yelling at us that we're plagiarizing. Uh, he doesn't know what plagiarizing means. No, like, see, this is... Scary. The people that we're getting trolled by are, like, they're just making it worse because they're saying the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah, and this is the, th- you know, and this is something we've been talking about on the show for years and years and years. Well, two things. One is you have an uninformed electorate and that same machine that they're on, you know, uh, haranguing you about, you know, plagiarizing hats, you know, you could spend a few minutes and just look a few things up, you know, it's it's, it's good for that, too. Please look up that word. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then another group you have is what I like to call uh, the functional racists and, and functional sexists. And these people aren't in their heart of hearts racist or sexist, but they certainly, you know... Uh, by default, just have some of these attitudes, like, you know, because they believe things that aren't true. Oh, Planned Parenthood's a big abortion factory. Well, no. If you would bother to look that up, that's not true. You know, and every all this crazy yeah. nonsense from Obama wants to take our guns. I mean, they, they had people believe in that for eight effing years. And now that it hasn't yeah. happened, yeah. you know, uh, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah, we need a, an informed look. And, you know, and here's a good question for you, being in the comedy business and, and being in the media business as well. You know, a lot of people say, you know, people, we shouldn't get our news from places like The Daily Show or John Oliver or, or Samantha Beer or people mm-hmm. like that. But they're really the most honest places to get information, don't you think? Or not? Or not? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're great. I love uh, Last Week's Night. I love John Oliver. Um, right now, like, that's, that's a big one for me. Um, yeah, I think they're great places. And also, I mean, 
with the information stuff, I I am not the smartest person in the world, and I am not the best at retaining information. And before I do interviews or before I write things, I look them up. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. like you don't have to have all this memorized. Just look it up. It's you fine. Know? But, yeah, I mean, to your point, I think that, yes, I think that the news comedy shows are um, uh, a great place to they contextualize news and that's important um yeah i mean it's just it's very important now you can dig deeper and go further than they do and you should um but honestly they do such a good job <laughs> so uh what are your plans down the road then for the next four years is it do, do you plan any more events like this or are you just going to concentrate on on your comedy and your other writings or or and maybe toward that end try to affect some kind of change or in, you know, inform the public in that way? What what does that look like? Um, my plans for the next four years are on January 28th, I have a massage scheduled. <laughs> that is very important. <laughs> um, this has been, this has been amazing, but also uh, the hardest thing I've ever done. And um, I think that Jen and I are hoping to make it an annual thing. Um, okay. Uh, it would be, yeah, it would be really amazing to pull this together, assuming we need it. <laughs> I can't imagine a world where we wouldn't. Exactly. Um, to pull this together again next year and work with some of the same amazing people, um, maybe add some new cities. Um, but, I mean, like, right now, I'm just trying to, I have, like, a couple things in my head. I have this festival on the 19th, the 20th, and the 21st, and then my massage on the 28th. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's as far as I can think. Um, but yeah, I think we would love to, to do it again. Well, terrific. Uh, well, we would be happy to help, uh, both on the print side. Uh, well, I've added some, uh, more warning about this. Uh, I should have been, or maybe I did. I just wasn't, I'm so busy with other stuff, but I also write for the paper in Minneapolis. So, uh, oh my gosh. and there's what? some other, how are you doing all this? <laughs> oh, it's just, this is a weekly paper. It's nothing. It's yeah, it's, it's not my living. I do this on the side. I do have a job writing. I actually am a professional writer but i work for a marketing association uh oh cool which yeah which, wow. which you is, have a lot of oh yeah stuff. i got a lot of stuff going on yeah and i'm also friendly <laughs> with the papers like in denver and some other cities as well so maybe you know uh I'll, I'll we'll be on the lookout next year so for january 2018 we can you know kind of get all the all the uh ducks in a row as my late father-in-law used to say and uh and uh, and get that sorted so Oh, that would be amazing! And awesome. Minneapolis is being run by Mary Mack, who is oh, love Mary Mack, friend, know you know, very good friend of yeah. the show, along with her lunkhead husband Tim Harmston. And uh, did, yeah, did you say long dead? No, <laughs> lunkhead, L- oh, lunkhead. Okay. Dad, just joking long around. Because Tim, 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 also a friend um, of the show, Cy Amundsen, uh, who is hopefully going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. I'm hoping to interview him next week. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of folks. Jackie Cashian is from there, oh. but she now is in Los Angeles, of course. Uh, Tracy good. Ashley, I love, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Tracy Ashley is uh, also. I love that Mary scene. so much, and her last Conan set is one of my favorite Conan sets. It's it's just amazing. Yeah. She's so chill and silly. She and is. Love wonderful. her. Yeah, she's so fun. She's always worried. She's been on the show twice, and she always emails me back afterwards and goes, "I hope I, did, I hope I sounded okay. I'm worried I did. So. She always Was is that okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's so funny, so sweet. Um, boy, a guy you should get yeah. from Minneapolis next year is uh, Tim Slagle, uh, because I, he might, you know, provide some nice counterbalance. Tim is um, a conservative, nay, libertarian, and he's a, he's a great guy. And I, like, what I like to say about Tim is he's a great guy. We love Tim, friend of the show. 
he's just completely wrong. So, but it might be nice to, you know, to have, because he's not, he's, he's informed though, at least, at least his, his opinions are informed. Right. Again, he's wrong. <laughs> He'll get a kick out of me saying that. He's wrong, but he's right. informed at least. So when we have our, our go back and forth on Facebook, you know, at least he's not pulling stuff out of his ass, which, you know. Unfortunately. Right, or just calling you names. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. College, I get where the sure. issues come from, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> there you go. Well, Emily, this was a terrific conversation. Uh, podcast will drop Sunday, uh, and then the the piece for, for Cincinnati will uh, probably go online t- next Tuesday, and the print piece should come out. It should street, as we say in the business. It should street on Wednesday. And then, um, oh, great. but I'll try to get a link to your publicist and then she can get it to you and also a link to the podcast and, and all that fun stuff. And, uh, this was a lot of fun. That would be amazing. I really enjoyed this. That, that would be amazing. Yeah. We would love to, um, push it out on our socials too. So awesome. Great. Well, great. Um, well, thank- yeah, it was great to, great to do this. Thank you so much. Thank you, Emily. Talk to you later. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Emily Winter for being on the show. Sorry it got a little blue there for you folks, but uh, I can't believe I told her the story about Greg Barrett and how he got the job on Sex and the City. Oh, well. So anyway, if you go to uh, whatajokefest.com, you can find out if your city is included in the list of cities that will be hosting a What a Joke comedy show. And, of course, that will be from Thursday uh, through, I believe, Sunday. It just depends on the city that you're in, what night it'll be. In Cincinnati, for example, where we are, it's going to be on Thursday. So uh, do check that out. And let me see. We are going to go to the song of the week now. Song of the week is from Sia. This is from a soundtrack of a movie called The Lion, I believe. And uh, uh, this is a pretty interesting tune. Uh, I really liked it the first time I heard it. I think you will, too. The song is called Never Give Up. It's our song of the week on PF's tape recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. <laughs>